Hello and welcome to the number 10 podcast where we talk about the biggest moments in Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer. I'm your host, Logan Aiken. On this week's episode, we will once again be talking about the MLS is back tournament. But before we get to that, a quick update on the NWSL Challenge Cup. Yesterday, the Utah Royals defeated Sky Blue FC off of a slipped-in goal from Amy Rodriguez. In the late-night match, the Houston Dash defeated the OL Reign 2-0 off an exceptional performance from Shea Groom. First, she provided a cheeky back heel to assist Christy Mewis. Then, she finished a dunking header for herself. On the early game Sunday, the North Carolina Courage defeated the Chicago Red Stars off of a late goal from Abby Ersig. The Courage enter their final match against Sky Blue FC with a total of 9 points, making the top spot in the knockout round theirs for the taking. As for the Red Stars, they go into their final match against Utah with one goal and one point. They will need to find a way to get a result in that match if they want to avoid North Carolina in the first knockout round match. Later tonight, the Washington Spirit and the Portland Thorns will face off. As for the MLS, they are set to start their tournament on July 8th in Orlando, Florida. After the group stage, the top half from each group, along with the three best teams with the next best point total, will advance to the knockout round. The winner of the MLS's back tournament will receive a $1.1 million prize, along with a berth to the CONCACAF Champions League in 2021. As I mentioned in our Group D breakdown, there have been positive tests for the coronavirus inside the bubble. FC Dallas has had a total of 10 positive tests, and as reported in our last episode, Columbus has had one. In addition to these positive tests, there have been others. Jeff Reuter of The Athletic reported that a player from Minnesota United tested positive for the virus on July 3rd. But by July 5th, that player had had multiple negative tests, as reported by Jeff Carlisle of ESPN. The Athletic also reported that five players from Nashville SC have tested positive since arriving on Friday. Toronto has postponed their travel as someone in their party was experiencing symptoms. They have yet to arrive in Orlando. The Colorado Rapids also postponed their travel due to two potential positive tests and won't arrive in Orlando until July 7th. Their first match is on July 12th. This gives them only five days in the bubble before their first match. It can take somewhere from five to seven days for someone to test positive for the virus after contracting it. This begs the question if it's enough time in the bubble for the squads to begin to play against one another and potentially spreading the virus between teams. As for the Columbus crew, they haven't had any more positive tests since their first one and have returned to training, but they did cancel their scrimmage against Minnesota United that was supposed to happen on Sunday evening. As for Dallas, they're up to 10 positive tests and their first match against the Vancouver Whitecaps has been postponed until later in the tournament and are still not training. This begs the question of the performance levels when they are able to return to play. Dallas hasn't been able to train for multiple days while their competition has been able to train fully. While for their safety, it is right for them not to train, but it's going to put them at a disadvantage when they get into the tournament. They won't have the opportunity to train as much as their competitors in an already very short preseason. This will likely show in their team fitness and sharp to play in their first game. One final point before we get into our Group E breakdown, which has Atlanta United, FC Cincinnati, the New York Red Bulls, and Columbus Crew SC. As I already mentioned, Columbus received a positive test last week. For sake of privacy, the club rightly did not disclose what player tested positive. It is important to note with Columbus and any other team that we have previewed or will preview that a player I mentioned may not play. They could miss a match for a positive test, They could miss because of an injury. They could miss for performance issues. 
this could change what is going on for each team in the MLS's back tournament that people who aren't in that bubble won't know. Now to Group E. The seeded team in Group E is Atlanta United, and as usual, they are not a team that should be taken lightly. Last season, under new coach Frank DeBoer, Atlanta managed to, to win the U.S. Open Cup and advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. But getting wins is inevitable when you have a striker like Joseph Martinez, who has scored 77 goals in three seasons with the club. Except now, they won't have Martinez. In Atlanta's opening match against Nashville SC, Martinez tore his ACL, sidelining him for the remainder of the 2020 season. Not only have they lost their starting striker, they also don't have a striker of the same caliber ready. Currently, his replacement is Adam John, who last season was playing in the USL Championship. But even without Martinez, Atlanta still has a lot of attacking options on their roster. They have lethal attacking talents such as P.T. Martinez and Ezekiel Barco. Because of their other talents beyond just Joseph Martinez, Atlanta are the only team in the Eastern Conference with the six available points from their first two matches of the regular season. In those matches, they defeated Expansion Side, Nashville SC, and FC Cincinnati. Luckily for Atlanta, they are a team that knows how to win in tournaments. In their first three seasons, they have won the MLS Cup and the U.S. Open Cup. They will need to take this experience of winning into Orlando and earn that CONCACAF Champions League berth. But, unlike Atlanta, FC Cincinnati have had a slow start since joining the MLS in 2019. They ended their inaugural season with only 34 points. That was the worst in the league for that season. The team especially struggled, conceding 75 goals, the most in MLS regular season history. And FC Cincinnati have continued to struggle. In the start of 2020, Cincinnati lost two matches against the New York Red Bulls and Atlanta United. During the coronavirus break, they brought on their third full-time head coach since the start of 2019 in Yap Stom. But one advantage that FC Cincinnati has is experience. They have already faced two of the three teams in their group in Atlanta and the Red Bulls. While they lost both of those matches, they only lost by one goal and managed to find the back of the net in both matches. They can use their experience playing against both of these teams from earlier in the season to adjust how they play. And the third team in their group they haven't faced is their in-state rival, Columbus Curacao. While there won't be fans in the crowd to add any emotion into the match, anything can happen in a rivalry. FCC will face Columbus Curacao on July 11th at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The third team in Group E is the New York Red Bulls. Last season, the Red Bulls finished sixth in the Eastern Conference, where they qualified for the playoffs for the ninth straight year, including three supporters' shields in that time. However, they haven't won either an MLS Cup or a U.S. Open Cup. They are the only one of the original MLS teams to join the league in 1996 who has not won either tournament. This isn't to say that the Red Bulls aren't a good team. Their playoff appearance streak is only beaten by the Sounders with 11. The Red Bulls have consistently shown that they are good enough to make the playoff. They just haven't proved that they can get the job done in a winner-go-home environment. The MLS's back tournament could be their chance to put together a complete performance, advance out of the group stage, grind out wins in the knockout round, and win the tournament. As for 2020, the Red Bulls lost longtime goalkeeper Luis Robles to Inter-Miami and forward Bradley Wright Phillips to LAFC. In the offseason, they brought on Danish goalkeeper David Jensen. Additionally, the Red Bulls found trust in David Royer and Brian Wright last season to create goals for their team. So far, they've earned a total of four points in the regular season, with a win against FC Cincinnati and a draw against Real Salt Lake. 
The Red Bulls open up the MLS's back tournament on July 11th at 8 p.m. against Atlanta United. The final team in Group E is Columbus Crew SC. Last season was a season of transition for the crew. They got new ownership and a new head coach in Caleb Porter. During that transition, the team struggled. They suffered many injuries. They lost 2018 Goalkeeper of the Year Zach Steffen midway through the year with the transfer deal to Manchester City. With that, the crew struggled in the summer. The team did make some signings in the, late in the summer, including goalkeeper Aloy Room and midfielder Luis Diaz that helped solve some of their problems, but it wasn't enough for the team to qualify for the playoffs. In the offseason, the black and gold went to work. They signed midfielder Darlington Nagby from Atlanta, and they had a club record signing in Lucas Celerion from Liga Mekis Tigres. They also had a chance to get healthy. The start of 2020 went well for Columbus. They defeated NYCFC in their season opener and drew defending MLS Cup champions, the Seattle Sounders, on the road. The crew will want to find a way to continue this run of form in Orlando. To do that, they will need to get their new players, such as Nagby and Zellerayon, on the same page as some of their known performers, such as Jazzy Sardes and Pedro Santos. Only then will the period of transition last season be worth it. That's all for Group E. They start play on July 11th with a doubleheader at 8 and 10.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. In our next episode, we will preview our final group, Group F, which has LAFC, the LA Galaxy, Portland Timbers, and Houston Dynamo. Thank you for joining me on the Number 10 Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Agan. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review.